Hello and welcome to another episode of the Detox Podcast, a podcast for dads where this dad talks about life, kids, and stuff. I am your host, Joe Shaw, and I am still live here at the Dad 2.0 Summit in San Antonio. Yes, that's right. They have not kicked me out yet. I am still here and I am still recording amazing episodes and content for you listeners out there. And with me today, I'm super, super excited. It's long overdue. Mr. Everyday Girl Dad himself, Mike Reynolds. Mike, how are you doing? I am doing really good. I noticed too, actually, a little side note when I was uh, picking up my lanyard for this conference that I am every dad girl dad on this. So oh, no. <laughs> I clearly made a rush spelling mistake and I was just wondering if this is something that I that I do. Do I go pick up that handle now? What do I how do I do this? So every I'm sure that girl dad. every dad girl dad is is exploding on Twitter right now in, in uh, fame. So that is a strong front runner for our hashtag of the episode. <laughs> oh man. There was uh, I remember when I was filling out my my handle for this, I, I think I quadruple checked it because I just didn't want to show up and it say TED Talks at TED Talks. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that, similar to what I'm doing, but it is not. And right. it's giving them yeah. unnecessary credit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like they don't need yeah. the support. They're good. <laughs> Very mindful. And I would love to say I will never make this mistake again, but I am pretty certain that I will not look closely next time I do this for a conference <laughs> as well. And so I might as well, like I so said, just start purchasing or buying up Instagram handles that are anywhere close to Everyday girl dad right. at this point. <laughs> just uh, sub out, like, put a three there instead of an E. <laughs> exactly. I mean, just... I know, I know my weaknesses it. in right. editing <laughs> right. so and rushed content. Right. <laughs> well, for those listeners that have been with us for a while, you will remember Mike from doing a... We used to do a little bit of a segment. It was kind of short-lived, but there was a couple of episodes where we did dad stories. And so we would have pre-recorded messages from dads at the beginning or in the middle of an episode to kind of highlight another aspect of fatherhood. Because here at the Detox Podcast, we're always focused on how to hashtag be a better dad. And so Mike contributed a really awesome story about writing a children's book with one of your daughters. And it was about the uh, the dinosaur. And rem- remind me what the title of it is again. Uh, one Green Dinosaur. There it is. I one believe, Green yeah. Dinosaur. Yep, that's right. And I listened to it, loved it, bought it for my kid. And my daughter loves the book, loves it so much that it... it it was carried somewhere and now we cannot find it. And it's one of those books that it's like, it's carried all over the house. And then it's like, where, where were you? And it's like, Oh, I think I was in the den or maybe I was in the living room or maybe it's here. And you know, you end up finding it like a month or two later. And it's like wedged in between some cushions, like underneath something <laughs> because they were reading it and they like stuck it down. So the cats wouldn't get to it. I don't know, but it is a fantastic book and we will link to that and any other things in the show notes as well if you guys want to help support Mike. But so you may remember him from that. We've been trying to get him on the show for a while. It hasn't worked out scheduling wise or just this, that and the other. But then when I heard he was going to be at the conference too, I said, let's get it. Let's get it done. Let's get it. uh, I was going to say in writing, but uh, in (laughs) audio writing form. So that way it's finally here. But Mike, if you can, there's so much cool stuff to talk about yep. with it relates to you, your perspective on parenting and fatherhood. I'd really like to start with my first introduction to you. And we kind of kind of go around to why you wanted to start Everyday Girl Dad, where it's taken you, the way it's evolved for you as a, you know, quote unquote influencer, but also now as a, so as a, uh, a, a so, uh, not social media activist, a uh, human rights activist. I don't right. know why that was uh, so hard. Um, going from social media <laughs> to human rights, but so we'll talk through all that. But my my first 
exposure to you was right after uh, my daughter Sylvie was born, my wife said she found your Facebook page, facebook.com slash everydaygirldad, not everydatgirldad. Not everydat. <laughs> yeah. And she said, I think you would really like this guy because he's a dad of daughters and he's got a really cool equality perspective on yep. parenting. And I loved it. It was funny. It was emotional. It was relatable. It was something I aspired to be. And it was something that I tried to emulate on a day-to-day basis. And then, so I started following you and really getting engaged with your content. And for me, what was also, and I know I'm like skipping ahead quite a bit, but what was really impactful for me was when you started pivoting it saying like, because you were for a long time, you were, you were talking about, let's build, let's build our daughters up. Let's have them know that they can be strong and brave and fearless and, and, you know, they can conquer the world. And then you started saying, let's not lose our sons in this fight for equality. Right. Like we want to make sure that at the same time that we're building up our daughters, we're building up our sons, letting them know they can be emotional. They can be sensitive. They can also be strong and fearless and conquer the world, but they can also have all of these other that some people deem lesser qualities Mm -hmm. and traits. Yeah. And having my son, that was like, again, another way I felt related, related to you or I could, that I could relate to you. I am uh, a quarter Canadian, but I am not full Canadian. So yeah, (laughs) yeah, there we go. So close, but no, um, so, but I felt like I could relate to what you were saying because that was something I kind of struggled with was, okay, I know how to parent my daughter. Mm-hmm. I'm not certain how to parent my son. Yeah. And you really worked very hard. And that's kind of where you started pivoting from just kind of social media influencer. I'm sharing these cool stories yep. to, no, let's try and make the world a better place. So sure. all of that set up, that was my perspective of you and the way I've kind of seen it. So let's talk, let's kind of jump back in time. Gotta go back in time. That was oh, well oh, done. Well thank delivered. You, thank you. Thank you. Uh, Hugh Lewis would be proud. <laughs> no. uh, but let's go back in time to when you started Everyday Girl Dad yep. and talk about what was your motivation and where did you, what did you originally start it for? And then let's kind of walk through the different steps from there as well. Uh, so I started, I, I was writing about parenting long before everyday girl dad. Um, and I, I think over time my writing took on more a, a, like you mentioned more an activism specific tone. And I, I came along with the everyday girl dad part because a lot of my experiences early on were talking about me as a dad to daughters and the everyday part, which, which may sound like a throwaway line, but the, for me, the, the everyday is the most important part of the whole uh, persona because it is important for me to not portray uh, involved fatherhood or active fatherhood as um, exceptional. And I think that it's really important that people understand that this is a, a, a default kind of action and that if you're not being engaged in these discussions and if you're not learning, then that doesn't set you back to to average that is a, right. a below baseline standard right, right, so right. the the work that i was doing of trying to understand more about the world around me was what i was trying to set out as a a, a baseline kind of feel for people and so um there was a lot of in my early days of writing as a a dad who very much cared about the social messaging that was being targeted at my daughters there was a lot of praise for taking on things that 
women have talked about for a long time. And so that, that was why it was very important for me to not try to be, you know, as the expression goes, just like accepting cookies for doing sure. really basic work. So, right, right. Uh, I didn't want to set out this thing as like, you know, super awesome girl dad or guy who does more than you girl dad, right? Right, so it was, yeah, yeah. I think the everyday portion is something that people need to be mindful of and work to at least get themselves to a standard where they are always learning about people that have experiences that are different than their own. Right. And so that that's where the genesis specifically for everyday girl dad came from. And then the the shift towards masculinity and talking about men more often was was partially me just trying to find my own lane. So sure. not wanting to uh, speak about women's spaces or non-binary spaces or trans spaces. So these were a lot of things I didn't want to be a voice on. So that's an opportunity that I take to learn about those experiences so that I can then integrate that into my own discussions with the men in my life. And I think one of the big understandings was as I was, as you put it, like building up my daughters with confidence, when you stop and think you're building up the confidence for what? And and the confidence, the thing you're building up confidence against tends to be a very patriarchal view right. of women. So right. if I'm building them up for that, where is the failure? And the failure for me at that point was, okay, well, if, if we're building up girls to survive in a men-dictated world, then maybe I should start focusing on boys so that right. we don't, so that we can change the mindset at a young age so that we're not then... Um, when men are 40, trying to, to tell them, oh, look, you don't have to be the way that you've been raised for 40 years. So to, right. to kind of change the way that we talk about boyhood and raising boys and what it really means to be, you know, it's just kids being kids and boys being boys type thing. So right. I just, I, I think there was a great opportunity for me, even without having any sons, to be able to talk about uh, masculinity and boyhood and the spaces that we allow boys to grow up in and everything. And so I think that that's where the shift came from and I have just been learning exponentially <laughs> yeah, from, yeah, yeah. from there on. And so it's been a a really enjoyable thing for me to do, but I would also as part of the um the everyday part is I am I'm learning all the time about new experiences and how I can then translate the experiences that someone else is sharing about their life to how I then present my own messaging to people. So it's been super super rewarding and at times very busy but busy with things that really energize me i think so right and i know <clears throat> one of the cool things that you do like you've you've done you've done a couple of different things that have been really cool so you've got your website puzzlingpost.com yep and you i remember you share uh, you, you blog about your experiences, but you also will share some book reviews that I've seen on there mm -hmm. before. And then you've got uh, social media specifically on Facebook where you're sharing, you know, here's some interactions, here's some ways to be a better person. Yeah. And then you also have one of the things I really like, you've got the So Mainly podcast, which we'll talk about in a second, which you just started. And then you also just started a uh, YouTube series called What If There Were Two. So talk us through a little bit about that because yeah. I know it's pretty, pretty new. Yeah. And so I, Again, they all end up tying together, and I I think it's really important for me to talk about um, my own mental health diagnosis as well. So I right. am bipolar 2, which ends up playing what I've now discovered is a huge factor in my idea creation. So what ends up happening is I get into 
hypomanic states. And when I'm in a hypomanic state, I stay up late. The ideas churn in my head constantly. Sure, sure. And what ends up happening is I is I come up with new ways for me to be able to um, to share the content or to expand the kind of reach that uh, the community that we've built up um, ha- has been. And so what I what I was wondering, as someone who recently came out as pansexual myself, I, I started to understand the, the importance of being able to share experiences with others and sure. to have partners in some of this journey. So it's really helpful for me to, to challenge. Uh, if there's things I, I've wanted to do but don't do them, it's important for me to take a look at why. And if I, often the reason is, is because I'm afraid of what other people will think of me. It's not because I think what I want to do is dangerous. It's right. just that I, I'm worried what the world will think of me for presenting in a way that men don't do, right? And so sure. what I thought of for this, you know, what would you do if there were two kind of thing was that kind of partnered feel. And so I had just put out a call to people saying, look, what are the things that you have always wanted to do but haven't done? Uh, and then the second part of that is, so once people list their things, it, it's it's then asking, what if there was someone who was willing to do that thing with you? Uh, would you be more likely to do that, less likely to do that, still too worried to do that? And there is no wrong answer to that. No one right. has to feel you know, empowered by a partnered approach to things. But I was finding a lot of people that were saying, like some things were really small. Um, and so like, just on the way here, someone wanted to, their, their thing was just, I bought a pair of red pants a few months ago and I've never worn them because I'm too worried about what people may think of them. Mm-hmm. I, I normally just wear grays and blacks and sure. blues. Yeah. And I said, well, what if I wore a bright pair of pants with you? And right. they said, yeah, let's do that. And so I bought my yellow pants and um, they, their sister ended up doing it with them and the pants thing ended up being... I mean, I, I got pictures from, I don't know, 15 people just sharing <laughs> the outfits that they were wearing that day. And it was just, it was awesome. And some people were people that wore bright things every day. And right. others were like, yeah, I've also had this pair for six months and I wanted to wear them. And so yeah. we all just wore them. And it felt really cool just to be able to say, look, I, I want you to be able to do things that you would like. And uh, it has turned out to be so rewarding. And... The other thing I think is very, I, I need to be very upfront about is that it is very rewarding for me as well because it allows me to kind of challenge. Because with the pants one specifically, I certainly was like, oh man, if I'm wearing these yellow pants that I got from a women's section in Old Navy, right? what are people, are people going to laugh at me? Are people going to do that? So it did give me that chance to say, well, if that's what I'm worried about, who gives a shit? Right, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, let's, yeah. let's do it then. That gives me all the more reason to to go through with this because this is not something that I am okay with people shaming others for doing. So it was a chance for me to push a little bit on some stereotypes around men and also help people do something that they really wanted to do. And we've also started a yoga practice and we've started a weekly um, run just for some long distance running training. And I definitely have a lot of other things that people have reached out for that we're trying to to navigate ways so some of them are a little more different so a lot of people have wanted to shave their head and i certainly offer it up to do that with mine but 
again, I've had a shaved head many times before, right, <laughs> so right, it's not. Right. So it's trying to find ways to support people in in a way that they'd like to be supported. And a lot of the times, too, people end up coming back saying. Like, I, I don't even know if I really want to do it, but it just feels really nice to be able to say that sure. I want to do it. So just hearing people and listening to people right. has provided um, a really a really neat space. And it's been far more uh, used than I expected it to be. Sure. And so I've really, really enjoyed the amount of activity that people have picked up on with it. Yeah, no, that's so cool. And I, lo- I love just the idea of, like, <clears throat> you know, there there are things that society may seem or deem unfit or unacceptable yep. or whatever. And just knowing that you have a buddy out there somewhere sure. that's yeah. going through it. Cause it's, that's, it's the power of two. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's the whole thing about your, your, your series is that if there were most, if there were at least one other person that was doing this with yep. you, you would be more inclined to do it. Yeah. And I, that's the other thing that I try to stress with people too, is you don't need, I like, you don't need to, to share with me your pictures of you doing it or right. doing it. <laughs> I just want you to know that I am doing it. And if that is enough for you, like you don't need to be part of the YouTube series thing. I just want, I'll do it and I will do the thing and share me doing the thing just in case there's other people who also want to want to do it. Right. But I I certainly don't want people to feel like, like like if I've had people say, I'd love to wear two piece clothing, like a two piece swimsuit. And it's like that, that's a great thing. And even if the thing for them is, you know, they, they, put on a bikini and wear it in their backyard for a little bit, but they feel really good about it. Right. right. And it doesn't need to be, you know what, if you're, you're failing this challenge, if you don't go, right. you know, swim in a beach in front right. of a thousand people. With <laughs> right. it. That's not it's what more about. about, no, people just doing things yeah. that make them feel good. So people want to know that they have permission to be their whole selves exactly. and do exactly what they want to do and what they've wanted to do for a long time. And they just need someone to tell them it's okay. Yeah. You can do it. Yeah. It, nobody, nobody cares. And if they do, does it really matter like sure. what they think? No, it doesn't because they do not control you or what you do or what you say or how you want to live your yep. life. And that is so cool. And another thing that is also cool about trying to like pivot on letting people be their whole selves is you've got this really cool private Facebook group, which we'll also link in the show notes as well mm-hmm. called masculinity makeover. Yeah. And Talk us through the little bit of the premise of that. I, I know personally because I am a member of it, but I want you to kind of give your spiel on, you know, I know um, just kind of where the idea came from and then what sure. you're trying to achieve and what you are able to achieve as a result of that. Yeah. So the the Facebook group itself was me trying to find new ways to engage um, folks in discussions around masculinity. I, I And I, I like the idea of it being a closed group as well because I wanted to introduce a safe space where people can pose questions that they have, even if their views I don't hold, I'd love it for them to be able to at least deconstruct why they might think that way. Sure. So the idea of creating this group was for people to be able to share stories in there or share questions in there. Um, and then to be able to have some discussion, not just from me, because I think that uh, my partner and I started it, but we, we don't actually post too much stuff ourselves because we do want it to be kind of a community led project. But I think most of the discussions in there, we have had to shut down a couple that started to um, question and challenge people's identity. And as soon as people get to Mm -hmm. that level, we are, that is beyond the discussion piece and into hate. The zero tolerance. Yeah. So as soon as you, start to question if you start uh, misgendering people like that, that is for us a, 
no, we're not, we're not doing that. So sure. we're not going to like, we'll, we'll tell you that we're not doing it. And if we see it again, that then that is going to be, and I think we've only had to remove two people from the group in the, I'm not sure how long it's been running now. And I think we're also around 700 members and some days are busy in there and some days aren't. And it, it for me, that that's okay. It's just a space yeah. for people to be able to use if they, if they'd like it to share cool stories about masculinity or to ask questions or to do whatever. What I really like about the group in general is, I mean, I think I may have only posted a handful of times in there, but what's really rewarding and empowering for me to see is for people to share stories about, you know, what they're able to do with their sons, Mm -hmm. or if they're a dad, what they feel empowered to do as a man that they never felt empowered to do before. And, and there's sometimes where people will share something and go, look, I don't really want to share this with my public my Facebook wall because I just, I have a lot of people that may not understand and I don't want that shame or or not shame, but just like, I I don't want to deal with that, but I want to be able to do it because it's something that I've always wanted to do, or it's something I always wanted to express, or this is, I I need to tell somebody and they post in there and it's just met with tons of like likes and loves and commenting. Like it's very empowering is what I'm getting at. It is. You don't see that a lot with, without, any of the hater judgment. Like yeah. I have seen empowering stuff and in the same place I've seen empowering stuff, I've seen very like shady, sure. shameful, you know, whatever stuff. Yeah. And it's like, it's nice to see it's wholly a safe space. Yeah. And I, I, like, I would say that what has come from the group isn't what I had envisioned happening. I think like, I did see it as a space where, where men might come and ask questions saying, I've seen term X. What does this mean? Right. Or this Gillette ad is really dumb. But then it must be able to discuss why they have those feelings sure. and to break through that. And it, it has become more of a a good time feel story yeah, yeah, with, with yeah. a little bit of discussion in there. And I, I have no problem whatsoever with it being that way. Because, again, I think part of creating that safe space for people to talk is allowing people to create it themselves as well. So it's right. not about – me coming in there and saying, I'm going to create your safe space for you, which means I'll do X and X and X. So right. it, it's mostly, again, trying to moderate and act on any time things are reported. And then if things are reported, trying to manage why that's being reported. And if that kind of fits into, okay, I, I definitely note what you're saying, and I will certainly keep an eye on this conversation. But for now, We'll let it unfold and then see if this is kind of a trolling thing. And if right. it is, then we will cut people immediately. Or Because it has, for the most part, been a non-trolly kind of space. So right. it's been a place where people, I can guarantee you there are people in there that do not have the same views as I do politically. But um, we try our best to continue those discussions anyway, either, either way, as long as they continue to follow the guidelines of sure. respect, right? And so right. sometimes you can almost see people walking the line, trying to trying to feel exactly how far they can go. And right. for the most part, things have worked out okay. But what I really, I, I like another thing that I really like about it is the fact that there are people in there that have different uh, political views, so to speak. Yeah. But, but at the end of the day, I do see some of those same people who will talk about, I don't agree with this or I don't agree with that. But I'm trying to think of an example. It may it may not have been that group. It may have been somewhere else. Uh, but I, I know, like, take the Gillette ad just as an example, right? And so people were saying, 
let's get rid of toxic masculinity. Right. Let's just be better people. Yeah. And somebody said, this is horrible. They're, they're, they're coming after men when in reality I am being a better man because I'm doing this, this, and this, and I'm teaching my son this, I'm teaching my daughter this. And it's like, well, that, then you're already doing it. Yeah. And it was like, they didn't understand that the concept yeah. of the ad was like, yeah, just do what you're already doing. Yeah. Or if you're not there, just like be a little bit better. And he went, oh, I thought it was attacking my manhood. And yeah. it's like, no, that's not. That was the really telling part about that ad was that if you watch the whole ad, I mean, it, 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 it revealed a lot that so many people identified more with the negative behavior than the positive. Because it absolutely set, I mean, it had Terry Crews out there. Right. Damn it. Like, yeah. like you yeah. had these really great um, men figures being portrayed here. And you're, you're, you're totally ignoring that because you would rather focus on you're not allowed to say anything bad about men. But you sure as hell are allowed yeah, to say yeah, something yeah. bad about men. And I would venture to say that you're not allowed to not say something about right. bad about men. That yeah. you would you would better be doing work to call out your friends and doing all of these things. Because right. it doesn't mean all men are bad. But if you're not working on some of these traits and exploring why you have them and what you can do about them, then uh, you're a very problematic person. Like, And that... You, you try to get people to get you into these weird arguments on Twitter. And it's like, okay, well then what is toxic femininity? You know, and, and it's yeah. in those cases that you're like, well, you're not interested in discussing these things. No, so you're if you deflected. want to have a good discussion, then ask real questions. Don't right. ask these. Like, and this is always something that if you want to be doing work for men, it had better be work for men and not work against women because I've seen a lot of times with men's rights groups that's what they do right because as soon as you see someone like Terry Crews come out with his story about sexual assault they'll attack him right because it's it's all this they're not actually in it for helping men because my god there are many opportunities to do that they are simply really angry at women and that so if you if that's where your perspective is if that's where you're coming from then I don't see how you can ever support men coming from a place that is demeaning to women. I just don't think it's possible. Sure. And I think a good example of if somebody's listening and going, well, I want to ask a question and I want to be educated, but I'm really worried about overstepping. I think we could do a little example game. So it's like, here's a, uh, did you ever watch Animaniacs at all? Okay. Good idea, bad idea. Right. Mm -hmm. So good question, bad question. So you can have a good question is I saw the Gillette ad and I see a lot of, uh, 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 just like, um, what am I trying to say? I almost said conservationism. That's totally different. No, <laughs> controversy. There we go. Yeah. I see a lot of controversy around it and I'm just wanting to know what makes it good and what makes it bad. Because as a man, I want to make sure that, you know, I am doing the best I can. Sure. And a bad question is to say, why does Gillette hate men now? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, that, that's a very loaded question and there's no, there's no way to answer that. At all. Yeah. In a way that will satisfy how you asked it. Absolutely not. Because you could say they don't hate men. Well, then yeah. why they do? It's like, yeah. well, they do hate men. It's like. Yeah. And <laughs> and that is, that's been my, kind of my guiding principle around these discussions is I, I realize it is my responsibility. It is not the responsibility of women, of non-binary people, of people of color to entertain these wild question fantasies right. of a lot of white men. And right. so, but it is my responsibility as right. someone who is part of that community I I absolutely want to take the time where where they're also showing an investment in taking the time to have even if it turns into long discussions right. uh, have those discussions with them. Um I have to admit it happens far less frequently than I would like it to. Um but on occasion I I've 
talked to people online and then they've sent me a message saying, yeah, that was stupid. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> they can, because yeah. you can, I don't know if you've, uh, if you ever followed the Lindy West and meeting one of her trolls, it's a, it was oh, a yeah. really interesting, um, discussion around why people behave like that. And mm. I think in that case, it was, this person was just angry that she was able to be so confident and happy and unapologetic right. about herself. And it's really funny the way that, well, it's not funny at all, but it's, but it's, it's yeah. strange the way that if you can get to the root of it, it's because a lot of these people have also never had the meaningful discussions that they need to have about right. their mental health or about their body image or about right. being, oh, you know, emotional regulation and everything, right? So right. It's, it's really interesting on those occasions where you're able to have chats with people to see how much failure there has been in their lives, like not from them specifically, but in terms of people who have had opportunities to talk to them about what being a man or what being a boy can look like. Right. So it's, it, it is trying to become part of that uh, community of people who want to fill that role, right? Right. And change the way that we do talk about those things. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that, you know, you're talking about trying to educate people and trying to have these long, long form discussions with yeah. people. Right. And something that we work really hard to do here at the detox podcast and that I'm a firm believer in, because we've got people that listen that are all over the political spectrum, mm -hmm. you know, and we've got head guests all over the place as well. Uh, but the one thing that I love is that every single person that comes on, we're having an honest conversation with them, whether remote or in person. And, you know, we're, we're, we may not always be eating together, but we're breaking metaphorical bread, mm -hmm. right? We're sitting down, we're hashing out a problem, we're having a discussion, and we're just getting down to the root of what makes people tick. And, sure. and what makes people tick is they love, they hate, they're happy, they're sad. They, sometimes they have kids, sometimes they don't, you know, sometimes they're men, sometimes they're women, sometimes yep. they're non-binary. There's a whole spectrum of people, but at the end of the day, the one thing that unites us is we are people yep. and we all have feelings. We all have hopes and dreams and we just want to be able to be the full manifestation of who we want to be. Sure. And a lot, it, a lot of the time it is so easy to label somebody something without ever trying to get to know who they are as a person. Yep. And it is the hardest thing for me to do when I disagree with somebody on a fundamental level to talk to them and say, I wonder why, what makes them tick? Mm -hmm. I want to know their journey. I want to know their story. And I want to know if there's more going on yep. or maybe there's something that I can learn from them. And, and I love your platform, the various platforms that you have, because mm -hmm. I feel that you are one of the people that is a big advocate for that. You're a big advocate for let's all be better people, but let's not just quote unquote, be better people. Let's actually talk to each other one-on-one -on -one yeah. and see what we have in common and see what we don't have in common yeah. so where we can learn and, and, and grow as a society. And, yeah. And it's so fascinating. And you kind of do that a little bit with your with your podcast as well, So Manly. And that's S-E-W, Manly. Exactly. And, <laughs> and for those that don't know, and you can talk us through a little bit, but you do you started cross-stitching because it was something that you always wanted to do. Yep. And then that kind of exploded. And so your podcast is about trying to – well, I'll let – I don't want to – I don't want to uh, – uh, Mike's plane. Yeah. So I'll let you – Yeah, I mean – the. 
it it started off just last year as something that I had always wanted to try, and so I decided I would just try it. And I thought I would maybe create something that looked really cool, and I would hang on my wall and be like, "Look at that, I did it!" And yeah. now I'm done cross stitching. Um, but it was also it was also very uh, relaxing for someone with anxiety. It was nice to be able to just have a singular focus for the hour that I would spend on a piece at a time kind of thing. And um, as soon as I started doing that, I started getting interested in developing my own patterns. And like I said, it, it did just kind of uh, take off in its popularity and yeah. it, complete acknowledgement that one of the reasons it took off is because I was a guy doing it, right? So right. there are millions of women doing amazing cross-stitch pieces out, out there right now, but it was another one of those examples of the kind of uh, privilege that's lent to guys who do, again, really, uh, I'm just cross-stitching. It's a very right simple thing, um, but it's it's non-stereotypically, mass, like, it's not the stereotypical man who does it, and it can be. I've seen a lot of men who do yeah. do that, uh, but you end up getting. So, I, I'm trying to be very honest about sure, why yeah, yeah. I get recognition for doing it, which right. is because it. When men do things like this, they get praised for it a right, lot of the yeah. time. So I've I've been trying to at least use that for good, and uh, it did open up a lot of questions about masculinity and discussions around masculinity, and so I had started like a. Facebook live discussion uh, where I would um, design a cross stitch pattern with a guest on a Facebook live video. But my internet at, uh, in our rural uh, Ontario home is pretty bad and people <laughs> kept dropping off. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to switch this to a podcast format. Sure. Cause I really value the opportunities that I've had to talk with some really great folks. And I think there is value in people, um, experiencing the same kind of learning that I'm experiencing. Right. And so it it's really, it's been a chance for me to like very selfishly, I'm picking topics that I want to know more about. Right. I'm talking about like feminism and religion in a couple of weeks and talked about um, uh, harmful views of sex work and how that impacts people. And so there's topics that I've identified as me lacking a lot of information and resources around and trying to let other people in on my journey on how to better understand a lot of these things that uh, we we just don't know anything about. So my favorite episode that you've done so far, because I've listened to all of them, and it's a really it's really good content. Again, I'll link it in the show notes if you're interested and want to subscribe. As you're listening to Detox in your rotation, add so manly, and so you can have both of those. But I love the episode where you had one of the co-hosts from the Burn It All Down podcast mm -hmm. and you were talking about women and sports. Yeah. And that is something that is, I mean, just from a, from a following the, the U.S. women's soccer yep. lawsuit, right, yep. against U.S. soccer in general about pay. Sure. Uh, pay status and how there's pay discrepancies and U.S. Soccer's argument was, well, you guys don't pull in the crowds. And it's like, mm -hmm. well, we don't pull in the crowds because there's no advertising, there's no this, there's exactly. no that. People yeah. didn't, like my, I took my wife to uh, when the U.S. women were qualifying for the, they were in the CONCACAF tournament for the Olympics. I think it was in 2016 for 20, no, it was 2015 for 2016. That's what right. it was. And, and like we got there and we went to like all three games that weekend. It was fantastic, but there was nobody there. Yeah. This is out in uh, Toyota Stadium at Frisco where FC Dallas plays. And, and it was just like there was nobody there. But the quality of like, I mean, the quality, watching the quality of the women play yeah. was heads and tails better than the yeah. men. And I, I'm a huge soccer fan. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. So to, to for you to guys to cover that and talk about it in long form 
was just tremendous. And that's also another great podcast too. But I want you to talk about a little bit about kind of how that came about and, and just a little bit more about uh, your experiences with that as well. Cause I know you do talk a little bit about trying to raise awareness for women's sports mm-hmm. as well. And then, and also like, let's not just bring away, uh, raise awareness, but let's talk more about yeah. why there's such a discrepancy. Yeah. And so that was, uh, Shireen Ahmed, who Thank is you. unbelievable. And, um, I strongly encourage, like, like you just said, people to go listen to their podcast and I'd follow Shireen on Twitter as well. She's very exceptional at being able to put context around, um, some of these things that we do see around women's sports. And I think that the, the way she said it best, or the, I think the most, simple and basic thing is that when we talk about women's sports, we cannot talk about women athletes. It has to be, there are women in, you know, TV production, in, you know, sports news production and co-hosts and anchors and camera people. And I think that what she was doing is just be, just because you have women playing sports doesn't mean that you're now promoting women in sports, right? You're, you're, you're just, because a lot of times that what you'll see, like when you look at the way that people like uh, Eugenie Bouchard and Anna Kornikova and all these people are portrayed, a lot of times with women's sports, they're put out there for men's consumption. And whenever right. whenever men do follow it, they're often following it for the looks and not for the skill of the people involved. And so I think that to their point, a lot of it has to be a complete, complete overhaul of how, like who is running... Uh, international sporting organizations, who's running the national sporting organizations, Um, even, you know, local grassroots stuff is making sure that there are uh, women involved in those decisions as well, because it it follows, you know, through amateur stuff, all through pro stuff. And you you just cannot possibly um, talk about why uh, women's sports don't get the same, you know, crowds or get, paid the same salaries without it to me i won't hold the discussion with somebody unless they can say yeah we just invest you know 300 times more in men's sports if you're not willing to start from that point right then you have to at least acknowledge that the the number one reason is we don't we just don't invest yeah like and we don't put the same effort into it so you you just can't have a balanced debate about you know, crowd sizes or anything without saying we're working on a completely different, it's not even a, it's not even like it's a different playing field. Like it's, it's like different countries and everything. It's so vastly different how we treat these sports. And it's, it's pretty off because I, I agree. I mean, I, I've watched women, a lot of women's soccer and the women's hockey that you watch. I mean, in Canada, hockey is obviously a huge thing <laughs> right, and, right you don't say <laughs> and the the women's hockey is just unbelievable like yeah. the the talent level is so high and it yeah. is so good to watch and then the other thing that i talked about shireen is i'm a big curling fan which is yet another very canadian yes, thing but yes. um it curling is is an area where they have done a very good job of um, promoting the women's game the same way and paying women the same, like payouts are same for events and same with the people that are working and co-hosting and, you know, color commentating. So I, I think that curling has been really cool for me to watch uh, because I know there is a lot more involvement from women, like from like every step of the way. It's not just that the women curlers are really great. It's that there's 
more representation throughout the whole chain of right sports there it's very cool well before we start wrapping this up mike and start pivoting to the dad joke of the week segment is there anything that you would like to officially plug that we haven't already covered no i i i it interestingly enough i would love people to join the masculinity makeover facebook group i think it is um it's always valuable for me to be able to have more people join in on that discussion because uh the more experiences we have from people i think the more valuable the information that gets shared in there will be perfect all right well mike thanks so much for coming on and now we're going to pivot to my favorite part of the episode and it is the dad joke of the week so it is where i take some dad jokes i toss them to the guest and make them awkwardly laugh while the audience groans but i can't hear them i can only hear the guests so it works for me and uh, but before i do i always like to put my guests on the spot do you have any dad jokes you'd like to share oh geez <laughs> that is a that's a great question. I, and I, as soon as you mentioned that, I was like, I bet you I'm going to be asked if I have one here. And I see all of my, all of my jokes are things that are so, um, I mean, me and my daughters have thousands of them, but they're all like these really like inside jokes that, that make <laughs> yeah. no sense whatsoever. Like they right. don't even make sense to them and they're the ones on the inside of it. So, right. uh, I, I am going to have to take a, take a, a pass at the telling my own one because they're, I, I can tell you I'm really bad at them, but That's I can't, right. I can't, I'm, I'm really driven by puns that I think that puns oh, sure. tend to be my, my go-to and, uh, my kids never get the puns. <laughs> it's one of those really embarrassing and understandable <laughs> things that once you have to start explaining your jokes, you've kind of failed at it, but right. like, girls, you didn't get what I just said. Right. I just said, but yeah. Right. So did you not hear that? Right. Right. Yeah. It's like, Oh God, you did say it. But that's okay. I've got uh, two Jad, two dad jokes ready to go. I usually will write them out ahead of time. I did not, but luckily our pediatrician always has a uh, roster of dad jokes. He fires off every time we go see him. So it's fantastic. Oh, nice. So uh, first of all, I will tell, I will tell you, uh, I don't know if you knew this or not, uh, but uh, oh, I'm going to, I'm messing up the setup already. <laughs> oh no. What is it? What is it? Uh, uh, Nope, I can't. Uh, I can't remember that. So, Didn't like this nope, one. It was nope, terrible. Nope, it was good. It was awful. It was awful. Here we go. All right, I've got one. Um, uh, why was the graveyard so noisy? I don't know. Why was the graveyard so noisy? Because of all the coffin. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Because of all that coffin. Yes. There we go. That was Actually, good. See, I am going to steal that one and bring that to my daughters. They'll probably like that. It's one. good. It's good. Uh, all right, last one. Uh, what is a pirate's favorite letter? I think I'm, I'm supposed to say R, but it wrong. Tis the C, matey. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly. Damn it! Because I was like, no, I know it. It's right. the one that you expect is not right. the right one. Really like, set so. you up and then knock it down. Damn it! All yeah. right, <laughs> tis the C. All right. Well, Mike, if people want to follow you or see what you are up to, what is the best way for them to do that? Um, yeah, not I, every dad girl dad, not that one. Not every dad. Yeah, <laughs> I would. I would go. Um, Again, check me out probably on Instagram or Twitter, and I will end up sharing all of my everyday girl dad places from there. Uh, there is also an everyday girl dad website as okay. well. So I now have, well, I guess I have for a while had uh, a couple of different white websites, but I, I post more, I think, there than I do at the Puzzling Post one at okay. this point. So Okay. So everydaygirldad.com. Yep. And then are you at everydaygirldad on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram? 
everywhere and the Perfect. YouTubes. Yeah, and the YouTubes and the YouTubes. Perfect. Thank you so much. Well, Mike, we need a official hashtag for this episode. Of course, we will use hashtag Dad to Summit since we are here at the summit. Right. But we need an additional one. Should we go with uh, hashtag So Manly? Do it. Let's do it. All do right, it. Yeah. So listeners. We will have more great content for you coming from the conference as well as I've got some great interviews with some individuals I can't reveal just yet that will be coming your way over the following weeks. But until next time, hashtag so manly, hashtag dad to summit, and hashtag be a better dad. If you know of an interesting person or story that needs to be told, please reach out to me at detoxpodcast at gmail.com. That's D-T-A-L-K-S podcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out via Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at Detox Podcast, or visit DetoxPodcast.com. Also, be sure to leave us a five-star rating on iTunes if you like the show. It only takes a few seconds, and it really helps us out. Link is in the show notes. Finally, thanks for listening. Please come back next week when we'll have another interesting conversation. And special thanks to my producers, Ben Lawant and Galan Aldaco. Without your help and support, this show wouldn't be possible. Thanks so much, guys. Detox is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W dot com.